Good morning. How you doing, Louisa? Good to see you. Okay. Let's all stand together. Let's worship the Lord. I know, just right, right by myself.
join us in the sanctuary and those who join us uh, via the internet. Uh, we appreciate you coming and sharing with us. Uh, just a couple of things to uh, uh, announcements uh, to be made. Uh, this afternoon at 5 o'clock, we're going to be having a foundations class. Uh, that is for anyone who is interested in learning more about the church and also anyone that's interested in joining the church uh, or anyone that just would like to come. Uh, this is if you've been coming to church for a hundred years here and you'd like, you'd like to go through the foundation class, you're welcome to come. But any of you are welcome to come this evening at 5 o'clock. There'll be two sessions. There'll be one this, uh, this Sunday and then there'll be an, another session next Sunday. They'll last around an hour and a half, maybe probably today around more like two hours uh, to get everything in. Uh, but, uh, but so remember that, uh, November uh, today and November the 12th. Also, our Thanksgiving celebration is going to be Sunday evening. That'll be at 5 o'clock, uh, November the 19th. Uh, you will find a calendar that Paula is handing out. Uh, there's a calendar of events for November and December. Uh, so you can, uh, you can get those things in mind. And Paula wants to wave in her hand and needs to say something. At 5.30. Well, 5.30, whatever, whatever, whatever time it is, just be here. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so 5.30, that's right, that's 5.30. Um, and uh, so, uh, so, so remember that. Then we also have the Thanksgiving uh, food boxes. Uh, for anyone uh, that would like to participate in this, you see what's needed to go in a box. Right now, we're not uh, uh, sure of how many boxes we're going to need to prepare for. Uh, so if there's anyone that you know of that you feel like could use a box, would appreciate having a box during this uh, uh, season, uh, let us know. We need to know that by uh, next Sunday uh, because the next Sunday is when we distribute all of this stuff and uh, get it all together. So, uh, so let us know about those things. So we've got a lot of things coming up and are happening here uh, in, in and around the church. Again, thank you for being here in the house of the Lord today. And uh, everybody should feel refreshed, renewed, and revived. Because you got an extra hour of sleep last night. Yay! So, but I'm glad you, I hope you feel refreshed, renewed, and revived. Amen? Uh, because that's how we should be. Let me share with you as we continue on our worship uh, some words from the Word. Uh, I, uh, I've chosen out of Deuteronomy chapter 32. Chapter 32, first 14 verses. Notice what it says. Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. Let my teachings drop as the rain. My speech distill as the dew, as raindrops on the tender herbs, as showers on the grass. For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of truth and about injustice, righteous and upright is he. They have corrupted themselves. They are not his children because of their blemish a perverse and crooked generation. Do you thus deal with the Lord, O foolish and unwise people? Is he not your father and you, uh, who bought you? Has he not made you and established you? Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father and he will show you 
your elders, and they will tell you. When the Most High divided their inheritance to the nations, when he separated the sons of Adam, and he set the boundaries of the peoples, according to the number of the children of Israel, for the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the place of his inheritance. He found them in a desert land, and in a wasteland, a howling wilderness. He encircled them. He instructed them. He kept his eye. He kept, he kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirs its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings. So the Lord alone led them, and there was no foreign God with them. He made them ride on the heights of the earth that he might eat the produce of the fields. He made him draw honey from the rock and oil from the flinty stone, courage from the cattle and milk of the, go of the flock, with fat of rams or lambs and rams of the breeds of Bashan and goats, with the choicest of wheat, and you drank wine, the blood of the grapes. Now, there's, there's two things in there uh, that, that I would point out to you I think are important. First, first of all, he talks about that he gave them his name, which is important. And then the second thing is that he, as an eagle, use this illustration, as an eagle stirs the nest. You may say, well, what, what's, what's that all about? Actually, my understanding is when, when eagles are raising their young, when they lay their eggs, before they lay their eggs, they, they line the bottom with all kinds of um, rough, rugged, jagged material. Maybe sharp rocks, if they can find glass, anything like that. That's what they put in the bottom. Then on top of that, they put a layer of their own down that they pluck out. So when the eaglets hatch, they have a soft bed. But once it's time for the eagles, the eaglets to leave the nest, the parents slowly but surely take the down away and expose the jagged material and makes it uncomfortable so that they will be more than ready to leave the nest and soar where they intended to soar at. Amen. It's a great analogy. And we're going to talk about that, that, that a little bit this morning as well. How many of you know that the name of our Jesus Christ is a beautiful name. Amen. It's a wonderful name. There is no name like the name of Jesus Christ. And that's one reason uh, I've, I've learned, and I think, I think I'm correct in, in what I, my assumption I'm making. You know, in the world we live in, there really is a, not necessarily an anti-God, there's an anti-Jesus. Remember, the one that is yet to come is going to be called Antichrist. They don't care if you mention the name of God. They don't care if you use the name of God. They don't care if you pray in the name of God. We know who we're praying to anyway, right? But when you get down to praying in the name of Jesus, you can't pray in the name of Jesus. You pray in the name of God, you can't pray in the name of Jesus. Well, I pray in the name of Jesus, I'm praying in the name of God. Amen? Because he is God. The world's scared to death of Jesus Christ. Amen? The demons are scared to death of Jesus Christ. There is something about that name of Jesus that invokes 
and those who know him, a calm and a peace, and those who don't know him, a fear and a doubt. So we're going to talk about that beautiful name in song this morning. Let's all stand together. Start with, what a beautiful name.
seated. I, I, I need you to do something. Now, with this, this, this church is more than just this right here. This message is going out, Lord knows, a lot of different places. So we want the world to hear that name. Amen? So this is what you need you to do. We're going to call the name of Jesus on three. One, two, three. Jesus. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Give him some praise. Amen. And you may, you may be seated. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Yeah, we're through here. Yeah. We're right now. We want to go to the Lord in prayer, and there's, there's always a lot of, uh, lot of needs and um, a, a lot of uh, people that need praying for. Uh, I, I have a, just a few on my list, and, and I know you have uh, ones you want to pray for as well. Plus, we have our prayer, our prayer box. Again, I remind you that if you have a prayer need that you want to be prayed for and prayed over, uh, you can just put it on a prayer card, and you can put that in the prayer box at uh, any particular time. Um, <clears throat> but uh, let's remember uh, Billy Beasley. He is, Billy's just not, just not feeling very well. And uh, he's, I know he's battling cancer, and uh, so he's having a lot of issues. And so let's, let's be praying for Billy and ask for God's strength and grace in his life. My cousin Becky Strickland, let's continue to remember Becky, and, and uh, she has uh, had her last treatment. There's some other treatments they're planning to do, but uh, let's continue to pray for her. Uh, and let's continue to remember one of our pastors, uh, Pastor uh, Jerome Pope. His son Michael passed away uh, a few weeks ago, and they're still going through that grief of his passing. He's only 49 years old and died with uh, cancer, had cancer. And so let's remember him, uh, our brother Jerome and his dear wife, Ann. And uh, also, we've had a couple of uh, pastors uh, this, this past week uh, uh, that have passed away. Um, one you may know, uh, uh, Curtis Tatum, he pastored um, uh, the, um, goodness gracious, Hodges Chapel, thank you. He pastored the Hodges Chapel Church for a number of years. And he also, if you ever went in the Blessings Bookstore uh, back in the uh, 70s and 80s and 90s and <laughs> or whenever it was, he managed uh, for Pentecostal Free World Baptist Church, he managed uh, that bookstore for a number of years. He passed away. Uh, and also, another one of our ministers, uh, William Beagle, lived in the Virginia area. Uh, uh, Pastor Beagle was a great man, a good man. And uh, he passed away as well. So let's remember all of these families that have suffered loss. Let's continue to pray for the nation of Israel uh, and also uh, the whole area of Palestine and this conflict that's going on in Gaza right now. Uh, I don't understand it all. I don't comprehend it all. Uh, all I know is God's in control. That, 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 that is my consolation. God is in control. That's what I understand, and that's what I hold on to. But we need to pray for that because, you know, it's, it's, it's not just affecting that region. It's here in our area and protests that are going on and people blocking highways, major highways in protest. Um, I, I don't mean to be ugly, but I'm thinking, what do they think that's going to accomplish and what is that going to do? Uh, do, you, do they really think 
uh, Netanyahu and gives a hoot if they block traffic uh, around Durham or not. I mean, you know, he, 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 he ain't, I'm going to tell you, he ain't going to be moved uh, by that. There's not going to be a ceasefire because uh, some, uh, anyway, uh, gets in a road and blocks the road. That, that's not going to happen. So uh, some folks need to go get a job and um, they don't have time to do this mess. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I know we have freedom of speech in this country. However you want to express it, you go right ahead and knock yourself out with it. Um, but let's, let's pray for the nation of Israel, for our own country. Um, it, it, is, um, it, it, it is, we need to pray for our country. Mm. We need to pray for our country. I'm going to make a statement. It's going to make some of you mad, but I'm going to make a statement anyway. If Joe Biden and Donald Trump is the best this country has got to offer up as presidential candidates, we're in trouble. Now, I know a lot of people want Donald Trump back in office. That's, you, you've got your right and you've got your opinion. But I'm just saying, if that's the best we got, we are in deep trouble. We know that, right? We know we're in deep trouble. Now, I know some of you want to leave right now. You've, 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 you've written me off right now. I understand that. That's okay. You can tell me what your opinion. When you walk out, you can give me your opinion when you walk out the door, and I'll listen to you. I won't rebuke you, I promise you. But I'm just saying, if that's the best we got, we, we as a nation can do better than that. We can do better than that. And we need to do better than that. So, with that said, if you have a prayer need, that you need to pray over today, that you want to come forward, and you'd like to be anointed in prayer this morning. If there's anyone you would like to be prayed for, you can just lift your hand and recognize the Nicaragua's prayer needs. Uh, Grant's not feeling well today, so let's pray for uh, him. Janie uh, has not, she's been missed two Sundays. When Janie misses two Sundays straight in a row, you know she's either out of town or she's sick, and she is sick. She's been sick for a month or so. And so let's, let's pray for Janie and ask for God's uh, grace in her life as well. Does anyone need, I want to be uh, anointed and prayed for uh, this morning? Is there anyone? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If not, let's all join our hearts together in prayer. Father, you are the great and the almighty God. You're the Father of heaven and of earth. You're the ruler, the maker. Jesus, you're our redeemer. Holy Spirit, you're our comforter, our infiller. Father, Lord, we thank you, God, for this opportunity to come and to worship you. We just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have, Lord, to praise you and to glorify you and to honor you, O oh God, because, Lord Jesus, you are the great and the holy one. Father, Lord, we pray that you will bless, Lord, this, uh, this, this service today. Bless all of these needs that we have brought before you. We pray for Billy Beasley, God. We pray, Lord, for the touch of grace in his life. Lord, we pray for Miss Molly McLam. I notice she's not here again today. Lord, that you may touch her. and God, may you bless her. Father, Lord, we pray, God, that you will, Lord, uh, bless uh, Becky Strickland. Lord, that you will be with Becky. And Lord, help her, God, to overcome this cancer. And Lord, uh, fight and defend. Lord Jesus, we pray, God, uh, Lord, for the peace of Israel. We pray, God, for those uh, poor victims that are in Gaza, and Lord Jesus, and all many of them are being used as human shields, Lord, uh, and Hamas, Lord Jesus, being in the background. 
We pray, God, that, Lord, that you will, Lord, bring civility, Lord, to our own country, and, Lord Jesus, and help us. God, we, we, we know we're in a presidential uh, election cycle, and, God, we need, we need good leadership. We need leadership that, uh, that is based upon truth and, uh, Lord, upon rightness and upon morality and upon what is good, Lord, for this country, not just what's good, Lord, for the individuals. Lord, we pray, God, that you will help us because, Lord, I'm afraid judgment is quickly coming to this land. Judgment is quickly coming to this nation. And, Lord, we need, we need some good leadership, real good leadership. And, Father, Lord, I pray, God, that you will cause uh, uh, people to rise up. And I know it looks like, Lord, these two candidates that I've just mentioned, Lord, are going to be it. But, my God, I pray that, Lord Jesus, if this is uh, that there's something better for us, Lord, that you will, Lord, change the tide of events and raise up that right person, God, that can really lead this nation to where it needs to be. God, restore uh, to our churches, God, what needs to be restored. We need to restore hope, Lord, to our world. Save those that are lost, O oh God. Help us as a church, Lord Jesus, to reach those that need to be reached. Lord, touching the hearts of those that need to be touched. And Lord, blessing those that need to be blessed. And Father, Lord, we, we thank you, Lord, for Michael being here today. And we pray over Michael and Lord Jesus as he's beginning, Lord, his military service. And that, God, that you will keep him safe wherever, Lord, he may go. Lord Jesus, wherever his training may lead him. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will be with him and all the troops around him. And that, God, that you will, Lord, just put your sovereign grace and your sovereign mercy, Lord, upon the lives of our young men and women who serve our country, Lord, through the military. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the message today. Lord Jesus, may you bless us, Lord, with the message. And God, may you help us to hear the word of God today. And now, Lord, thank you for everyone that has come to the house today, everyone that's tuning in today, everyone that will listen to this message. And, Lord, may our eyes be uh, open, our ears be listening, and our hearts and our minds, oh God, be receiving and comprehending the Word of God. And, Lord, we'll give you thanks, and we'll give you praise for all of these good things. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we ask it. Amen and amen. Uh, today, for our message, we'll be turning to the book of uh, Ezra. Now, I noticed you noticed one of our, uh, our, our cameras is not, our, our, our projectors is not working. Uh, there's something wrong with this one here, so uh, you'll have to look in one way, but I think that'll, that, that'll be okay. We'll find out what's going on with it. Uh, but our scripture text is going to come from the book of Ezra, the first two verses of this, and we're going to be talking about all stirred up, all stirred up. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all of his kingdom and also put it in writing, saying, Thus says King Cyrus of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth the Lord God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judea. So you notice the, the God stirred up the spirit of King Cyrus. Now, before we get to the meat of the message, 
I, I really need to share with you uh, a little history because really there, there's no way to, to really fully understand what this is all about and what the scripture text means without understanding a little bit of the background. I'm not going to be real technical. I'm going to be brief with it. Uh, but I do think it's important that we see uh, what is going on here. Now, the prophet Isaiah, we have to go back. The prophet Isaiah, 150 years before the event uh, took place, he prophesied that a portion of Israel, Judah, the only surviving uh, tribes of Israel, Judah is going to be taken into Babylonian captivity. So that's 150 years before that actually happens that he makes this prophecy. Now this is something that even though it was prophesied and by the time we get here, it's already happened. Now this has already happened. We come in, uh, we're going to introduce Jeremiah in just a few moments. And so we find that the Jewish leaders throughout all the next 150 years, time Isaiah makes this prophecy, none of the Jewish leaders believe that will ever happen. It's impossible. And the closer it got to it, the more they kept saying, that will not happen. God will not permit it. God will not allow it. it the Babylonians will not come in, and they will not invade our land. Well, they did. It did happen. And so we find that, that, uh, that, that after uh, Isaiah, then God raised up Jeremiah. And Jeremiah prophesied just prior to the invasion of the Babylonian forces. And in his prophecy, he declared, you will be taken into captivity. It will not be a short captivity. God has ordained it will be 70 years you, before you can come back to the homeland again. You will be expelled from the land, and it will be last for 70 years. So, so that gives us this idea of what's going on in this text. Because time we get to this particular prophecy through Ezra, Cyrus is now the king over that region. He's the king over Babylon. He's a Persian king because Nebuchadnezzar has been taken down. And through the work of God, God stirs up Cyrus to give a decree that the children of Israel, the Jews, can now go back to their homeland. And so, and so this, is, this, this is an important, important history that has been given unto us. And that, and that returning took place in three, three movements. The first movement, after Cyrus gave his order, they could go back. The first took place in 538 B.C., where uh, we find that Zerubbabel and Joshua led back about 50,000 Jews from Babylon, the land of Babylon, back into the land of Israel. The second return took place under Ezra, who bears the name of this particular prophecy. And he brought with him 1,700 men plus women and children, which could have been anywhere from 5,000 to 10,000 individuals came back to the homeland. Then the third was led under Nehemiah, which there's a book uh, by that name. And Nehemiah led, uh, he was, it was not so much he led people back, but his mission was to rebuild the city 
of Jerusalem. And he did that in miraculous fashion. Only after 52 days of work, they rebuilt the temple walls. Now, everything was not complete, but by 52 days, all the walls were repaired, all the gates were hung, and now they were a defended city again. That is miraculous thing. Now, I know you're sitting here saying, well, that is just hunky-dory. I just said, so what, what does that have to do with me, I, you know? What, what is the building of Jerusalem, the Jews coming back? What does that have to do with me? Well, I think it has a lot to do with us. I, th I think there's something here that is so very important. Again, going back, you find that the Lord stirred the spirit of Cyrus, the king of Persia. Now, this may not on the surface, may not seem like an important statement, but it is vital. It is vital to our understanding and what I believe God can do through us. Now, uh, we find that, 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 that God, throughout from, from the beginning of human history, which starts with Adam and Eve, from the beginning of human history, God has always had a redemptive plan for humanity. That is God's purpose. God's purpose is to redeem fallen humanity. And so, and, and humanity's fallen because it's sinful. Humanity has, has been fallen since Adam and Eve. It's still fallen right now. And, uh, and, and we, see, we see the increase of wickedness. We see the increase of evil. We see the destruction of our culture and our society and of our families and of our churches. And just every sector of society is affected by this thing called sin. And we find from time to time, God does a, God does a reset. God, God brings things back in order, and he's going to bring things back in order again. But I want you to notice something. It's what I really want you to see here, what I want you to pay attention to this morning, is that God in his redemptive plans, I've been talking about, I don't know why, I don't know why I keep going back to the same thing, but I keep going back to it, is that God uses us. He uses humanity to bring about his redemptive plan. He's always done that. He's always young, used men, women, and even children to bring about his plan for the world. And what God does, God stirs in our spirit. God stirs people up that are willing to do what he has planned for them to do. And in that, I, I, I want you to notice, we're, gonna, we're gonna really going to take a whirlwind tour of the Scriptures this morning. Now, those of you that are listening in, even in the sanctuary or listening in via the Internet, now some of these, if you're, not, if, if, if you're not Bible savvy and you haven't studied the Scriptures much and you, haven't, you don't know the children's stories, some of these names may not mean anything to you. What I want you to get across is not that you know who these people are I'm talking about, but that I want you to see what God did through these people. How God stirred them up to bring about His plan. So let's start, let's start this journey. 
God stirred a man by the name of Noah. He built an ark which became the means of salvation for his family and much of the animal kingdom. Most everybody knows about Noah and the ark. God stirred the spirit of a man by the name of Abraham. And he became the father of the great nation of Israel. Plus he fathered many other nations. God stirred the spirit of Joseph. And he became a dreamer of dreams. However, like many dreamers, his dreams actually came to pass. And finally, he was promoted to one of the highest positions in the nation of uh, Egypt. And God used his dreaming to save all of Egypt and his own nation, his own people, from a tremendous seven-year famine. God stirred the spirit of Moses, and he led his people from the slavery of Egypt to the brink of the promised land. God stirred a man by the name of Joshua, and he was chosen to take up the ministry of Moses and thus leading the children of Israel into that land of promise. God stirred a man by the name of Gideon, and this humble farmer led his people into victory against the oppressive Midianite nation. God stirred the spirit of a woman by the name of Ruth. And she left her homeland in Eden. She traveled with her mother-in-law, Naomi, to a small village by the name of Bethlehem. And this simple woman became the grandmother of a king. God stirred the spirit of Hannah. And she became the mother of a great prophet and the judge of Israel by the name of Samuel. And God stirred the spirit of Samuel one day and led his people into a period of revival and renewal. God stirred the spirit of a man by the name of David. And this shepherd boy became one of the greatest kings that Israel had ever known. God stirred the spirit of a man by the name of Nehemiah, who was the cupbearer in the king, in the court of the king of, uh, of Israel that time. And he went and built the city of Jerusalem we already talked about. God stirred the spirit of a young Jewish girl by the name of Esther and she became queen because God chose her to deliver her her people from the evil plot that would have destroyed many Jews. God stirred the spirit of a teenage boy by the name of Daniel and he eventually became a royal advisor in the course of three different kings and every time somebody attempted to ruin his life it was fooled every time and rather than Daniel's life being fooled by lies and rumors and innuendos he was promoted every time somebody tried to bring him down God stirred the spirit of a teenage girl by the name of Mary and she became the mother of God's own son Jesus Christ God stirred the spirit of a rough, rugged fisherman and he became the first preacher of the church and he gave, and his name was Simon, but Jesus called him Peter the rock. Jesus stirred the spirit of an accomplished scholar and a teacher of the Hebrew law known as Saul. Saul's plan was to destroy the church, but God's plan was to transform him into one of the greatest greatest champions the church has ever known. And this zealous rabbi of Jewish tradition became a renowned apostle to the Gentiles and a champion of all who called themselves faithful Christians, and we best know this man saw by the name of the Apostle Paul. Woo! Look at what, can, what God can do 
when he stirs in people's hearts. Well, time won't permit me to share all the, all, all the other people over the centuries that God has used. But I am not through quite yet. I've got a few more I want to share with you. These are outside of the biblical realm. Just to show you, God not only works in, in, uh, in, through the Bible or in the Bible, God works in today. In our, in our culture today, God works. Think about some of these, some of these people, you, most of you would know, some of you may not know. God stirred the spirit of a man by the name of Martin Luther in the 1500s, and he became one of the founders of the modern Protestant movement. God stirred the spirit of John Wesley, and he was raised by the hands of godly parents. His mother, Susanna Wesley, had 12 children, and she, find, she, she, she found a way to spend an hour every week with her children. Now, that's 12 young. That's 12 hours a week of praying with them, counseling them, working with them. And we find that John Wesley, he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ in his home country of England and also in the United States of America. It's been said that he rode on horseback hundreds of thousands of miles carrying the gospel of the, to those who needed to hear the good news. And the Methodist church is, has its foundation in the preaching of this great man, John Wesley, and his commitment to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. He would roll over in his grave today if he knew what was going on in the Methodist church. God stirred the spirit of a one-eyed black man by the name of William Seymour. You might not recognize the name, but I guarantee you have been influenced by his legacy. Because of what God did in this simple servant of faith, Pentecostal churches are now scattered throughout the United States and around the world. For you see, God used William Seymour to start the Azusa Street revival that took place in Los Angeles, California that began in 1906 and lasted until 1909. And the fires of the revival literally swept through the land. Not only the United States, around the world, people literally came from around the world to hear that one-eyed uh, uh, colored preacher preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And finally, God stirred the spirit of a young North Carolina boy by the name of Billy Graham. And I think you know the rest of that story. Literally millions of people came to know, have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And the reality is they're still coming to know the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ through Billy Graham and his children and the ministry that he begun. Now, this is going to be the shortest sermon you've ever heard me preach. Somebody say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What does this all have to do with us? See, all these people I mentioned, they're considered to be great men and women, boys and girls. But nobody starts out great. The reality is, they're no different than you and I. They started out, many of them, simple lives. Some of them from poor beginnings. Humble parents. Just simple You know, and the wonder of wonders to me is God not only uses good people, God even used some wicked people every once in a while to get his point across. 
like Cyrus. Cyrus wasn't a believer. Nebuchadnezzar was not a believer, but God used him to humble his people, right? Pharaoh was not a believer, but God used him to deliver the nation of Israel from Egyptian bondage. You see, the common denominator in all of these people is that one day God stirred in their heart. God stirred their spirit. You know, when God really stirs you, you just can't sit still anymore. When God does something inside of you and something wells up, something begins to move inside of you, you can't sit there anymore. You can't be silent. You can't be quiet. You can't be suppressed. You can't be oppressed. You can't be depressed. Can't be shut up. Can't be deterred. All of these people were stirred. And they submitted to the plan of God's redemptive love. Because all of this is about redemption. All of this is about getting the gospel message out there. Oh, that's what it's all about. You see, when I'm praying, what I'm asking, it's God's going to stir us. God's going to stir this church. God's going to stir me. We'll just sit back and see what God will do. Amen. Let's get stirred up. Let the Holy Spirit stir our spirits. Amen. Amen. That's my message. Just that simple. Praise Him. Come on up. I'm sure. Georgiana, she's about to, she's about to faint. Somebody once told me, when you're done, you're done. No need to carry on any further. We're going to sing, we sing a little song. It's called Broken Vessels. And see, the wonder to me is how God can take our brokenness and some are more broken than others as I've said and you've heard me say make this statement before I make it again we're all cracked pots hey you can slap some makeup on it all you want to but in some cases, all behind there's the old face. So we're all cracked in some way. We're all broken in some way. 
We all have our struggles. But the wonderful thing is God can use us in spite of all of that. And is willing to use us in spite of all of that. To the broken pieces of our lives. Will you stand with us as we sing this song? Broken vessels.
How about you? Where do you stand? Have you given your life to Christ? You surrendered yourself to Him? If not, this is a great opportunity. Whether you're in this building, you're in your living room, wherever you may be, now is a great opportunity for God to take your brokenness and make something good out of it. Hallelujah. Father, Spirit of the living God, for Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, stir our Sometimes our hearts have to be crushed to get our attention. Sometimes our lives have to be broken for us to see our need. Father, use us. Use us, Lord, for your greater plan, for your greater purpose. Use Friendly Chapel Church, O God. Lord, raise up from among us. Lord, those that, Lord, that will heed the call. That will say, here am I. Lord, send me. Raise up, Lord Jesus. Men among us, Lord. Men of faith. Men of boldness and courage. Raise up, Lord Jesus. Children, O God. Raise up children, O God. Lord, that will love you. Lord, no matter what home life is, no matter where they come from, no matter the brokenness of their family, God, raise up these children, Lord Jesus. Mm. Raise up among our children, Lord Jesus, warriors of the faith. Raise them up, O God. Raise them up. Stir us, oh God. Stir us and mix us up. And help us to be warriors in the kingdom. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name, Master, 
leave here with the whisper of your name to go out into a world that needs you. So, Father, use us. Whatever way it may be, we may never be a Daniel or a Mary. We may never be a Samuel or a Moses or a David. But we can be who we are. So God, use us in a world that needs you desperately. So God, go with us now with peace and power and anointing and stir our hearts, oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Remember Foundations class this evening at 5 o'clock.